Welcome to Pod at the Montecito, the world's premier podcast discussing the hit NBC television show Las Vegas. I'm one of your hosts, Judson Clark. And I'm your other host, Eddie McCarthy, and still just the most accurate intro in the game. Gotta stick to it. It's, uh, it's what's working. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Exactly. And I thought we might do something a little different this time and get straight to the episode, because this episode, I think it's a, fair to say, takes some liberties with its depiction of New Orleans. And I think, I think there's ample opportunity for us to go fairly far afield in discussing our NOLA experiences. So let's say we reserve this time for that. That sounds like a plan to me. And you actually, you have family. Uh, probably not friend of the podcast living in New Orleans. So I'd be interested to hear what it's like, if applicable, to go to New Orleans for things other than a raucous good time. I, I've only done it a few times, and it's the worst. Yeah, it's pretty shitty, right? Yeah, I hate it so much. Well, Ed, it's season one, episode 16. Checking my notes to make sure there's not a mistake. Nope, it's just called New Orleans. They uh they didn't get too deep in their bag on the uh <laughs> the episode title on this one. No, uh this felt all around like a pretty low effort episode from the writers' room. I'm not gonna lie. Um, we start with Danny and Mike leering over what the uh, advertisement calls the world's largest wet T-shirt contest. There are a couple of things I'd like to touch on here briefly. One, again, they're doing this in the middle of the casino floor. That does not seem like a super great idea to me. No, you're you're replacing a lot of carpet with all that water. Yeah. Secondly, there's no way this like dozen women constitutes the world's largest wet t-shirt contest. I think that would have to be thousands of people probably. I I have seen larger wet t-shirt contests, so I can tell you for a fact it is not the world's largest. And in fact, arguably the world's smallest. Yeah, which I get wouldn't have made great marketing materials, but I would have appreciated the truth in advertising at least. Sure. So Danny and Mike have their heads up their asses gawking at these women. They miss the entire main cast of also attractive women standing right there as they're saying and grunting their way through this cold open. It's a natural instinct for men to notice women who are... Well endowed? Yeah. Again, the core cast was seven feet away from them. In their cone of vision? Like, if this were a stealth game, fucking, you know, splitter cell some shit, like, you've been spotted. The, the exclamation point is over the head on that one? You're going to have to switch into actual combat. You're not going to be able to sneak your way around this mission anymore. Sure, but while, while of course, they are, the main cast is full of very attractive women, these are the very attractive women they know, whereas now there are new very attractive women that they've never seen before, so it catches the eye differently. They work in Neon City. Why Why are they not desensitized to this? Hard to say. Also hard to say is why this is in the episode. Mary's coordinating a Powerball family reunion that is full of rednecks screaming at each other. And I hate it already. I hate it so, so much. Yeah, there was absolutely no reason for this subplot. You could have taken the, I don't know, seven minutes of the episode that got devoted to this and just giving us more New Orleans shenanigans. Or commercials. Like, sure. just not have episode. That would have been better. Yeah. It was a bad, dumb, completely unnecessary storyline. And I think this ties into my theory regarding our, shall we say, underappreciation for Mary. She gets saddled with a lot of bad 
story beats. And this is just one that this is not Mary's fault. She's just the events director and she's in charge of directing a really shitty event. Yeah, she was fine throughout the episode. I well, I I would take some umbrage with the very of its time humor of telling Mike and Danny that one of the wet t-shirt contest contestants was actually a guy to fuck with their heads. And right. You're you're probably not getting that joke nowadays. Uh no. but the re- the rest of the episode I as someone who I think is very fair to Mary and just recognizes that she's terrible, even I <laughs> would not blame any of this on her. This was just bad everything. Yeah. So up in security, Ed and Danny are talking about some kid who owes the Montecito four and a half million bucks. It seems that this has really come to a head because Bronson's ordered an audit that's due in 36 hours. Now, you can tell yourself one of two stories about this audit. Either one it's a surprise audit for a multi-billion dollar multinational business unit that everyone has to scramble to get done in time because Bronson's an idiot or that big ed procrastinates like he's a kid working on a 10th grade English paper and has waited until the last fucking minute to be like, Oh shit, I should probably get this four and a half million bucks off the books. And I got to tell you, I think it's number two. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, we, we have seen ed is not, taking completely well to all of his new duties. He's he's really still loving the security life and spending a lot of time on that. I think you're right that this he's probably had an Outlook notification on his yeah. calendar for this for, I'd say, a month. He's been and, snoozing this every morning for the last 26 business days. And has now, just the day before, looked at the book and realized, oh, yeah, I should... Uh, I probably need to fix that. That's not going to look good. You know what Big Ed is missing that he very, very badly needs is a admin. Yeah. Because he needs somebody to be like, yo, Mr. DeLine, I get that you're the boss, but like, motherfucker, you've been putting this off for three weeks and we only have a week left for this audit. The fuse is getting very low on this. Yeah. Got it. You've got to quit playing with your friends and your cameras and actually do the boring part of your job. Ed pulls one of or pulls Sam up to the office because one of her clients is this guy and she's got intel that he got involved in an off the strip game with a big time criminal. Why, Ed? Why? If you have this much money where you've got seven figure line of credits at a multinational casino, why are you going off the strip for a backroom CD game? What is your upside? There, there is no upside. They, they immediately call out this dude has a huge gambling problem. Sure, but even then, like you can, even if you are so desperate for action that you need a backroom game, or maybe it's just for the thrill of it. Surely you can find one not run by a dude that just got out of the joint, who is straight out of central casting of Thug Number Three. Yeah, I think as a parallel to our how to crime business we should set up a how to how to rich business and this is along the lines of you need to learn how to rich better bro yeah have somebody find you a game that is on the up and up i mean like the one at the fucking palms where they had full catering like come on we we have been a part of many backroom games on this show that were not run by clear murder people right and even if the murder people are there there's at least an intermediary there to run a little bit of interference for you and yeah. make sure your shrimp cocktail's fresh. There you go. 
Gotta get those scrimps. Just look at all my scrimp here. My scrimp is the best scrimp inside of Louisiana. Now down the road, got up in that scrimp. So they can't find this guy until they search his alias Big Mac, which I'm going to call him for the rest of the fucking episode. Because it's way better than whatever dumb name they gave him. Mahalio. Yeah, which I kept wanting to say mahogany. Uh, I was thinking more like Mahalo, like you're getting Uh, off a plane in Hawaii. Yeah, all right. Isn't that just an aloha? I, I I don't know. For getting Sarah Marshall, they always said mahalo. So that's what I remember from. That's and that's canon, so we'll book it. I'll scuff up myself. Sorry, what? Mahalo. They find he's staying at Montecito, New Orleans, or MC Nola, as I shall call it moving forward. I know Montecito's one word, but I feel like the MC is important, especially because I'm going to call our home base MCLV, just so that we get it straight. Because here's the problem, Ed. And we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. It's the exact same fucking hotel, Ed. It is very clear that it's the same set. They just put some new signs up. So we're going to have to side post pretty frequently as to where the fuck we are in the story. But hey, ready the jet, baby. We're wheels up in 10 minutes. Let's take this show on the fucking road. No time. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped. I have to say it was a bit of a longer cold open than you get for something that, that ultimately is an action-packed entree into the episode, but I'm here for it. Anytime you can say, ready the jet, we're leaving in 10 minutes, that's a good day. Something good is about to happen. So we come out of the titles, and oh shit, it's Mardi Gras. Not only are they going to NOLA, they're going to NOLA the busiest time of year. Yeah. Fun fact, when when they were running the computer to see where Big Mac was, it turns out he checked in on my birthday. How about that? Do you think he wished you a happy birthday? I don't. That's kind of an ass then. A little rude. Yeah. So all they've done to this set is changed out the greenery and changed all the signs to French. And less lighting. Now, I've been to a casino in New Orleans, the Harris down there. I did not recall a single word of French anywhere in the establishment. I don't either. I will admit I was pretty drunk the entire time I was in the Harris, so it's very possible I just missed it. Yeah, but I mean, certainly it's not everywhere like it is in this show. Right. Also, Little Richard just walking through the frame. That was sort of a weird, like, why is this here moment? You know, they had him for the episode. They were going to use him twice. We we learned that Sam loves Little Richard almost as much as she loves magic. Here's the question. Do you think Little Richard knew he was in the shot? Or do you think he was just walking from A to B and they rolled camera and got it? I feel like Little Richard made sure he was in the shot. Okay, so this was this came from Little Richard's people. Like, hey, I'm not just going to play this impromptu set at the end. Go ahead and make sure I'm in the episode for at least two other seconds. Yeah, if, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna get out of bed for this, you got to make it worth my while. Well, before we get too enamored in that little bit of stunt casting, we've got special guest star Dennis Hopper playing the role of Little John, not to be confused with Lil John, okay, the rapper. <laughs> And this guy, who is apparently in charge, he's very much the Ed role, is just watching a huge fight go down. Because apparently that's the other thing that separates MC Nola from MCLV, is fighting is permissible, encouraged almost, on the floor. It it does seem like there are quite a few fights breaking out in New Orleans at all times. And they will put it down. Don't get me wrong. I mean, if you're fighting here, they are going to get involved and break it up and 
they're gonna let you go for a little while though first it's it's very hockey-esque yeah they're gonna let you let get it out of your system but if one of you doesn't win in quick enough time it's getting broken up seemingly little john is fine to just watch until he takes a beer bottle to the back of the head and says all right well now's what i'm gonna get involved yeah, you've you've chosen poorly and brought him into the fight. So now a new challenger has approached, and right. he's just going to knock dudes the fuck out. Along with his sidekick AJ, who apparently is just the female Nola version of Danny, kind of sidekick, but dramatically more competent than I'd say Danny is from yeah. the early side of things. It it helps that she has a weapon. She's got the flapjack <laughs> and uses it quite well. But man, Danny, like, as he steps into the ring, takes a right cross and is just down. So my hot take, and we might as well get it out of our system now. If I'm Danny, I'm worried, especially after the conversation I had on the stakeout with Big Ed about my uh, career future. Mm-hmm. I'm worried that Big Ed's pushing through a trade and I'm getting swapped for AJ. And AJ's coming to the flagship and I'm going to go down to the Big Easy. A- AJ's got a whole lot of upside. You've got a five star prospect right there. I'm 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 flipping Danny if I can. We've we've got NBA trades are going hot and heavy. Probably maybe get a draft pick in there. I don't know, but AJ's looking like the much better player. If you're Big Ed, I think you package Danny and Mary. You ship a special events coordinator to Nola, and just take a you know take a flyer on fucking anybody other than Mary to do the job back in Vegas. Got to be freeing up some cap space with that. This is yeah. just Sam, Sam Presti is all over this deal. So back in Vegas, this family reunion is causing problems all over the property. Mary's counseling the Hicks. We keep hearing about hearing about Chekhov's voting system, which I don't know, maybe that's just because it's raw right now for me. But I was expecting that we were getting some discussion about the fact that this family uses the Dominion voting systems to record their votes. <laughs> and were people certifying which show they were going to go see? I don't know. I was just like, fuck, can we stop about the voting? Just God stop damn the count it. is what yeah. you're looking for. No, count that vote. Cut that meat. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think it's fair to say that every time this comes up, we're going to be very dismissive of it because we just don't care about this subplot. But it's Not only do I not care, I actively hate it. Right, that's probably the better way to put it. But yeah, I the, the whole vote thing, I guess, and I was partially confused because I will fully admit kind of tuned out during these parts— but the whole family won this $360 million. But this head guy, Roy, I believe is his name. Sure. Was he the one that bought... How, how he got control of the money, I never really understood and was calling the shots. Yeah, I have to think this, is, this thing is like it's a family pool. And he is sort of the head honcho of the pool. And they won. And yes, that's cool and everything. But he's the goddamn Potter Familius. Yeah. And, and seemingly... They probably all signed off on it early on and now have decided to not be thrilled about it. Like, I don't think this was a I don't think this was a situation where he somehow dragooned control unilaterally, but he has overstayed his welcome as the quarterback of this family. The mutiny is rising. Correct. He's a, a full Eli Manning situation brewing. He did fine. He's no longer doing fine, but for legacy reasons, is holding on far, far too long. <laughs> Applic put. The other Vegas side plot line is going to be about this wet t-shirt contest and mostly how fucking creepy Mike is about it, I guess I'd say, for lack of a better term. Mike Mike is very horny throughout this episode. So he's somehow running the wet t-shirt contest now and is counseling these women who had been a distraction 
to please not be a distraction and start dumping water on yourself outside of the official contest. But he does so allowing one of them to hold a silver ice bucket that she, of course, dumps down her front while Mike breaks the fourth wall and winks at us. Like, Mike, you're also in your fucking valet getup. You're on the clock. Go do your job. <laughs> For all of Mike's skills, I feel like he's a terrible valet. Right? Certainly not a very attentive one. I swear to God, other than the pilot episode where we saw him knowing a whole bunch of shit and getting tipped out well because of the service he provides, we've not really seen Mike in his element doing a good job at all. Yeah, I think since the Ferrari episode, which was what, like three I don't think we've even seen him in the valet. You touched on this a while back. I wonder how much of the fact is that they don't have a valet set. And so they have to pull Mike out of his element by just production tail wagging the script dog. Yeah, I I think you're right. And as as we've talked about before, Mike is going to get moved around the corporate ladder a little bit in the future. They've essentially done it. They just haven't shown their work. Right. The room has decided we need to get James involved whenever we can. Turns out he's just not going to be able to be a valet. We'll have to figure something else out for him. A choice that I think we would both agree with. We, yeah, we both I mean, like Mike a lot for the most the part. The guy went to MIT. His talents are being wasted. He, he did go to MIT. Surprised they don't bring that up more. Back at MC NOLA, we learned that security is also the exact same set, except that they let people pass out drunk with their feet up. And as a reminder, if you are doing your job with your feet up, at MC Vegas, Big Ed's going to give you an accessories-based lecture and make you go get a shoe shine. <laughs> but Nola, just be fucking drunk and passed out. Not a problem. New Orleans works on a, a different pace, man. They got a different vibe going. We learned that BMAC hasn't been in his room the last 72 hours. It also hasn't been playing at the casino, but hasn't turned up dead, so... That's good, at least. He's still on the board. That's a good thing. And then we get the line that because it's not paid off, makes me the most disappointed I will ever be this episode. Ed, we learned that the Montecito owns and operates riverboats. And I'm like, oh shit, we're going to go check out some riverboat. No, no, we're going to stay right where we are and just call the riverboats, <laughs> check their cameras. Yeah, the uh, the riverboat tease is very unfair. I, I don't know if it's come up yet, but you especially are a huge fan of the movie Maverick. Big, big fan. Which, of course, ends with some lovely riverboat gambling. Well, there's the denouement after that. <laughs> of course, you pulled the card early this time. Sneaky. But the final act is on the riverboat, yes. So so I know that your love of riverboats, I can see you especially getting very excited for that and then ultimately let down. Well, and you and I went on a offshore gambling cruise out of Galveston one time. Yes, we did. Which is a fucking episode all to itself. Because, holy shit. That was a night. We were out of our element. <laughs> There's a fish out of water joke here, but it feels too obvious. It, it does feel a little bit too easy. I do like a slight tweak. John's office is in the conference room. So presumably <laughs> they have their meetings up in what would otherwise be Ed's office. And another similarity between this you know, between the two properties, is that even here, Danny can't help but awkwardly pry at people's pasts. I mean, five seconds in, and he's trying to figure out everything about Jack asking if he's a, a former cop and all this stuff. And just, Danny, buddy. Now, now, it's important to remember, he, yes, he wants to know about this dude's past, but if you're a woman he's trying to bang, he does not care. It's only old dudes. Old white dudes, tell me more. 
everybody else. Eh. I, is it a he's trying to emulate them and wants to know the full path they have tread to try and reach their spot? What's so fucking wild to me? Again, this guy's a counterintelligence marine. He would have worked with these kinds of people all the time. He would not still be starstruck by a 40-year-old spook or spook-adjacent uh, law enforcement officer. Like, it just wouldn't. Yeah, Danny Danny is a dumb puppy. Yeah, and also, I would think if he wanted to chat these guys up and learn about their past, all he would have to do is talk a little bit about his, and they'd be like, oh shit, cut from the same cloth. Yeah, let's grab some beers and swap war stories. One would think. Fucking Danny. Well, they still can't find Big Mac, but they are able to find the crook Mark, who is after him. This is the guy from the Vegas off-the-strip game. Oh, our mistake. Big Mac has been here the entire time. As soon as they find the crook, they then find B-Mac. Just so walking around on the floor, out, yeah. out in the open. Yeah. So it turns out incompetence is another similarity between the properties. Las Vegas hasn't gotten video IQ installed yet, so they wouldn't have been instantly pinged. And Oh, you mean pops. New Orleans doesn't have video IQ? Yeah, New Orleans doesn't have it yet. I'm sorry. I, I keep getting my MCs <laughs> mixed up. It's so easy to do. Uh, but yeah, so they didn't get the auto ping that, oh yeah, your boy's right here on the floor. Yeah, walking around. Also, what fucking degenerate gambler is not gambling at the casino? That is an excellent question as well. So we have a chase into commercial. Turns out there's more similarities because the chase ends incompetently. We come out of commercial. Danny is soaked. AJ, he says, hip checked him into the river, which she doesn't deny. And as a result, the guy got away. So I feel like AJ should have taken a little bit more shit for this. One would think, yeah. Like we had, we had the dude, you hip checked me to the river and the guy got away. This is your fault. QED. Well, it, it allowed some, some fun gator instances and, and we've not yet talked about pops who is present in this scene. And I feel like we need to talk about pops a little bit. Yeah. So pops is a pretty lecherous, weird old man. Asleep at the desk on his job. He's essentially the Mitch of this crew. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, of, of status-wise, he is the other named guy in the security Okay. Office. I was going to say, I've never seen Mitch. Well, except for the episode where they had just gotten briefed on a suicidal guest, and then he said, fuck it, the fire alarm going up to the roof is probably no big deal. <laughs> other than that, I've never seen Mitch be as incompetent as Pops. I was I was more just going, he is our other character in the security room. That's but fair. The, the entry to Pops is he's asleep at his desk, wakes up to see Sam sitting on the front of his desk, and he's just all into Sam for the rest of the time. Yeah, Pops is a weird fucking dude, and he cautions Danny not to get with AJ, specifically not to go meet her family, if she asks, which she then immediately does, of course. Subtlety, not a strong suit at MC Nola either. Which, I mean, that tracks pretty well with real New Orleans. I want to talk a little bit about this coffee. So AJ brings Danny coffee, which he'd asked for, he tastes it and is absolutely grossed out. Turns out it's chicory coffee. They taste fairly similar. I get that they're different, but it's not like it would taste like he was drinking fucking filtered sludge. I mean, it's still very much coffee, when in my it, opinion. When it first happened, I assumed that she just ha- gave him a coffee that was half whiskey or something. And when he was not expecting that, that caused the reaction. I've, I've never had chicory coffee that I can recall, but... My understanding is it's just coffee, pretty much. Well, um, have you ever gone to that place that has the beignets? What's it called? Café du Monde. Yes. I so have. if you get coffee there, it is chicory coffee. I don't hmm. think they even serve normal coffee. Oh, okay. Then I have had it. And yeah, it's coffee. 
Yeah, it's it tastes slightly different, but I mean, fuck, it's not, you know, you wouldn't do a spit take, sure. which is basically what he does. Anyway, Ed gets a call from Brunson just to remind the audience that there's a time element to finding this guy. Chop, chop, got to get on it. For some reason, they're pretty confident he's not going to hit a casino because this guy's been real smart up until now. So I'm sure that's going to continue. So instead of checking other casinos in the area, Dady and AJ are going to go to a backwoods game that's run by her brothers, which is going to involve them traipsing through the bayou unnecessarily, Just AJ's fucking with Danny. Big Ed and Little John are going to stay at the property and go check the hotel room he's not been at in over three days for reasons. Yeah, they, uh, I didn't really get <laughs> the plan there. It seemed like there were a lot of more useful places they could be checking than the empty hotel room that yeah, they know Yeah, right? I mean, we do get the scene where they're walking down the hallway of McNola, and we learn a little bit more about their relationship. Apparently, we figure out John was working some sort of domestic law enforcement, got bounced off the force. Big Ed was obviously working for the CIA at the time. So, you know, they never worked together. Wink, wink. Wink. And for whatever reason, Ed got John his gig at the Montecito, New Orleans. Other than that, why the fuck they're staying here? Just stay in security. So we're going to quarterback it. Everyone route calls through. Anyway, we're overthinking it a little bit, but just a weird, a weird way to shelve your two biggest stars of the episode. Yeah, I don't know if maybe they just didn't have Dennis Hopper for that long, and so they couldn't do longer scenes. There's, they also had this weird bit running through the episode of Ed being really tired. Yeah, like we, later on, he's going to plop down on the bed in the room, bitching about jet lag. Bro, it's a four-hour flight on a PJ, and you're two hours later, you should be more alert than everyone else. Yeah, it's a weird... I don't know if that was to signal the job, the, the rest of the job getting to him or what, but it was... A weird detail that they obviously kept using but didn't talk about. Yeah. I don't know. It was weird. Also weird is that Sam goes to visit a voodoo fortune teller to get a little bit of information on Big Mac where she is handed a dead rat and Sam says, I don't have to eat that, do I? Which I thought was a preposterous question because why would that be what your mind immediately goes to of eat this fucking dead rat? But spoiler alert, that is what she'll have had to do. And we'll touch on that later. Trust me. <laughs> I have thoughts. We crossfade from this dead rat to a live rat at what appears to be a pretty fucking awesome backwoods casino. That that looks like a party I would like to go to. Yeah, I mean, they've got high quality felt and chips. Yeah, the tables are on flatbed trucks, but who gives a fuck? Just means you're up in the air like a king, you know, got, holding got, dominion over everything. Yeah, got good tunes going. Got a, a got bonfire. A, got a roasted pig going. There's yeah. crawfish available, we learn. I mean, I'm uh, sign me up. I'm good to go. Noted crawfish felon, Eddie Mack. A misdemeanor at best. So anyway, if any one of our listeners knows anything about an awesome backwoods casino, please hit us up at Montecito Pod. We need to know more about this. Preferably without the three seven foot four behemoth of brothers ready to kill anyone that they don't know yeah so they're silently intimidating danny he hasn't done fuck all at this point he has just walked up with their sister to this party and they just assume what that they were they've already been fucking that they're about to fuck i i think it is like, more it seems just, very weird uh it it seemed like this is probably the reaction that any guy within 15 feet of aj will get and has gotten for the entirety of her life and I feel like they also should be desensitized to it by now. Cause it seems like AJ, based on how she treats Danny, 
AJ likes to fuck around with boys, both literally and figuratively. She's she's here for a good time, not a long time. And I think like Delinda, except way more street smart than Delinda, AJ just cycles through dudes. Like, you've stopped being amusing. Bye. Move along. Yeah, I, I think that's right. So Big Mac's not there, which is bad news. But good news, the rumors of a big money out of town are coming through any minute now means that AJ and Danny are going to just wait it out by grinding on each other while her brothers watch. Seems like a great plan to me. So at this point, the brothers aren't pressing their intimidation. I mean, they're just standing there staring at Danny. At this point, if you're Danny, do you assume it's all bluster? I, I feel like once you get the first dance in and no steps were taken, then yeah. you're probably okay. Back at the MCLV, Nessa calls Ed. Nessa's job this episode mostly is to periodically call Ed with information just to move the plot along. So she does this for the first time. Let's him know that BMAX moving money around to the tune of $3 million. Cool data point. Mary reluctantly agrees that the time is nigh for the episode to get inexplicably horny on its way to commercial break. And again, I know Big Ed's gone, but how is Mike not getting fired? He, there must be a boss between him and Big Ed. <laughs> you would think somebody would at least tell him to get back to work. But I guess since he's he claims that he has taken over running it, but... Mary still did the emceeing, and Mike is just there to very weirdly dance while this happens. What What would you say you do here? Yes, my note is Mike horny dancing to commercial. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Huh, we could not have gotten much of this on TV. I know the, the DVDs pride themselves as being unrated because there, there was a lot of boob. Yeah, I think... So we got a, a hint of the uncut, unrated DVD-ness, I think, very early on, like in the cold open, where the three women were like just being a distraction. Mm -hmm. And then we got what I think is the TV version of that at Beautiful Wax, when the woman dumps water and nothing changes. Right, you don't actually see anything. Yeah, so I think that is what we got, if anything, on the broadcast version. Mm. It's just basically... People pouring water on themselves, nothing happening, and Mike horny, awkward dancing. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the DVDs certainly do not leave much to the imagination. That's a that's a Texas size ten four. We come out of commercial where we're back in Nola. The streets are packed with people, and man, this gets to a point I have, and, and we can talk about it more later. But let's just go ahead and do it now. I really wish they'd shown us more New Orleans and made it seem more like this was happening in New Orleans because. It is such a special city. It has a completely unique vibe that is not at all captured in this show. Yeah. I, that, uh, you know, I know it would have been expensive, but give me Bourbon Street. Give me a jazz club. Give me fucking something other than people inexplicably fighting. And I mean, I've never once seen a fist fight in New Orleans, but to watch the show, you would think that's just what happens. Yeah. The, the only real difference here is, like you said, some signs are in French and people have beads on. Yeah. So I wish we'd gotten a little bit more. They could have done more with that. It was such a cool city, but this is pretty much our only glimpse of it. We see streets are packed with people. We're up in Big Mac's hotel room. We've got the jet lag thing. Ed finding out about the three, the $3 million moving. Little John fills that in on a couple of uh, pretty salient data points that he was just going to let slip under the radar. The criminals have been tracked to a pawn shop where they've loaded up on hardware. And, oh yeah, there's an even bigger backwards game that Silly V had just occurred to me to mention. I don't know why. Uh, but yeah, it turns out there's actually the real one that this guy's going to be at. I don't know why I didn't think of it sooner. <laughs> well, maybe he's thinking this guy's fresh in from Las Vegas. He's not going to know where all the stuff is. So we'll start at the easier to find backwards games. And then we'll rank up to the invite only 
eyes wide shut casino game. <laughs> I think you're I think you're being charitable, but I will allow it for now because I like Dennis Hopper in this. He's good, so we'll Man, let it slide. Dennis Hopper is having himself a time. You got to think. I mean, we know based on this caricature of Nola, they couldn't have done a spinoff of MC Nola. They would have had to dive more into the, what makes it uniquely New Orleans. But fuck, as far as pilots go, Dennis Hopper was making a case that he's going to helm this spinoff. I I would be instantly on board for a Dennis Hopper-led spinoff show in New Orleans. Back in Vegas, we're still getting wet and wild on the main casino floor. Mike still bring a front row creeper. Can't shake the cross-dresser comment that Mary made earlier. But in the meantime, is happy doing what is almost just as awkward as a Carlton. I would argue it is worse than a Carlton because at least a Carlton has a a sense of rhythm, whereas Mike is just he's he's on some Elaine from Seinfeld shit here. <laughs> Barry's tried to get this giant family to just split into groups instead of doing everything together and constantly fighting, but it's not working. Fuck that. We're a family. We do everything together. Compel our high water. So we cut to Mystique where they're chasing customers away with their bullshit, and then a dude throws. A giant wad of cash, or Ron Roy, where the fuck his name is, throws a whole bunch of money into the air, causes a real big scene, which will somehow culminate in a food fight of galactic proportions in Mystique, with Delinda and Mary getting fucked up by food. Yeah, a a whole bunch of food that does not look like food that you would be able to have at Mystique. Yeah. Oh, you don't, banana cream pie, club Mystique? That's not. I don't think you're going to get that. I don't remember a whole bunch of spaghetti on the menu either. <laughs> Throw them the fuck out. Full yeah, stop. They're, period. They're 100% gone. There's no way their their spin is justifying this. Get them out. Bye. You're you're getting the hook real quick here. At MC Nola, the old guys are getting strapped while little John chases down an invite to this big game. I couldn't help but think that this was an allusion to the Super Bowl trademark because this would have aired in early February, and they kept calling it the big game. Uh, I hadn't thought about that. And so I wondered, I was like, I wonder, like, are we getting, did NBC host the Super Bowl that year and we're getting big game promo drops? That's very possible. Apparently that means calling the mayor because the mayor of New Orleans knows where this super duper illegal carnival backwoods game is. I 100% believe that. And if I was looking for a super duper backwoods illegal game, in New Orleans, and I had access to the mayor, that's who I'm calling first, because the mayor is probably hosting it. I was going to say, I feel like the mayor probably is taking a little piece of the action, right? Of course. At the Backwoods party, Danny and AJ, the first one, the fake one, that's not where things are going down. Danny and AJ are still dry humping under the watchful eyes of her brother. Danny gets a call, like, all right, we gotta, gotta get back. We're in the wrong spot. AJ says no. Danny's like, well, so here's the deal, Ed. I don't know where the fuck I am. And this crazy lady won't bring me back. He hands the phone off to John. Danny hands the phone to AJ. John has to intervene. Was Danny going to A, get fucked if left to AJ's device? A, Danny was going to get fucked. B, Danny was going to get murdered in the bayou and left for dead. Or C, A, then B. It's it's definitely A and then very possibly B next. AJ seemed like she had a plan for Danny and it did not involve his wants or needs, or him making it back alive. But but you do think there's a possible praying mantis in I think her? so. <laughs> I think she's going full on, uh, what was the the Bond villain in Goldeneye? Uh, Xenia on a top. Yeah, I think she's going full that. 
Except with an alligator involved. I was going to say there are worse ways to go until you got the alligator involved. I don't... Remember the gator that got your hand? I got his head. So we get to this carnival party of shenanigans. We learned that Sam did have to eat that rat to get the intel on her boy Big Mac. Completely inexcusable decision on her part. Yeah, you're... I, I don't think Sam would care enough to actually do that. That It seems like there is no world in which that would have actually happened. And I thought she was kidding, but I don't think she's kidding. I think she actually ate a dead rat. I think so, too. Gross. Uh, baby Jeffrey, forever unclean. <laughs> I will never accept Sam as a chip leader ever again. Wow. This is... This to me is this is like Mary and you like completely inexcusable. There's no fucking way. <laughs> it's a uh, it's not a great choice. I definitely say that, especially when the only intel she got was you will find him with a flock of birds. Yeah, I'd be fucking I would throw up that dead rat. On, well, I wouldn't have eaten the rat, but if I had somehow and then that was the intel I got, I would have barfed it up on this fucking woman and be like, fuck you, lady. Yeah, there would certainly have to be a few more questions asked of, wait, how does me eating a rat tell you magic? Inf- Just tell me the thing. Om nom nom. I pre- like pretend to eat it. <laughs> om nom nom. So AJ's going to use this opportunity to pick up where they left off and start dancing with Danny. Unclear if that's good or bad for him, but AJ's said, but fuck it, we're at a party, I might as well dry hump Danny again. Importantly, does not satisfy the Josh Duhamel contract writer of one kiss per episode. We did not ever get a kiss, did we? So I think heads are going to fucking roll in this one. <laughs> uh, do you have any thoughts on the basic carnival law that we learned is in play, that everyone must be in a mask? AJ says, tells Danny, y'all's what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, came from New Orleans because what happens behind the mask stays behind the mask. I mean, I guess I would say if if that's your strategy, pick a mask that actually obscures your face. They they did not seem like the most effective masks. No, I'm like, okay, well, uh you're cl- I can see 85% of your face. I can see 80% of yours. Now, the criminals, they're loving their chance to blend in wearing masks and doing crime shit, but they've decided to still wear their criminal attire from the neck down. Yeah, the uh, also the masks they choose are crime masks. Yeah, they're bank robbing masks. No, no one has ever worn those masks and not then tried to do a crime. That they were the poster for Payday Two. <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. We come out of commercial to find that this party is in a cemetery. Yeah, I think we were told it was a church, but no, it's a cemetery. Creepy and gross. Hate it. Uh, people like to fuck behind the tombstones, which is how we know it's not filmed in New Orleans because there are no graves in new orleans because of the water table yes sir and then the weirdest thing which i can't decide is this exactly new orleans or is this just too far everyone has bought in for this big game but apparently you then have to go get good and fucked up before you play in a huge huge card game 100 percent, completely accurate you think so i think so that that feels this we have entered the mandatory three-hour party period yes first we have the cocktail hour and then we can play First, we have cocktail hour. Then we have absinthe hour. <laughs> then we go back to cocktail hour, and then we play. There, as opposed to a maximum BAC at which you will be asked to leave, there is a minimum BAC which you must reach before you're allowed to sit at the table. Uh, sir, we only have you at a point one one. We're gonna need you to rip a couple shots of JMO here, and then we'll let you sit down. Highly reasonable. So it turns out there's guns everywhere. I mean, fucking everywhere. And again, the prop department has chosen masks that let us keep track of who everyone is just fine. There's a very long slow motion drawdown scene that just screamed to me of we're 90 seconds short on the episode. Stretch. 
I was, I was, I had that exact thought because it felt they they did seven measures too long of this yeah. weird slow mo walk. So the old men spring in action, coming out of nowhere to deliver some right straights, jaws. Then the Nola cops show, out of no, show up out of nowhere. Little John says, half the force is here at this party. Not a great look for Nola PD during Mardi Gras, but, you know, okay, whatever. Well, John, John did say that he called some guys in, but oh, okay. that at the game you also had the chief of police and half of the department, which, again, that feels pretty New Orleans because they are also on the take here. Sam finds Big Mac. Who doesn't realize that it's a bad sign that his Las Vegas casino host at the property where he owes four and a half million dollars has shown up at his party two time zones away. It's like, hey, it's Sam. This is great. Until he sees Big Ed. Oh, man. Oh, I'm in 12. Fuck you, Big Mac. I'm calling you Little (laughs) Mac from now on. Got him. I, I don't know, man. Little Mac is a hell of a boxer. I don't. I do not see Mahalio getting in the ring with Glass Joe even. Media Mac. Sure, we'll go. Mediocre, with mediocre Mac. Boom, got him. Okay, there it is. Got it in three. <laughs> Back in Little John's office, Mediocre Mac settles up with a wire transfer and then asks for an extended line of credit. Okay, so I can handle a lot, but this is this is a item of casino pedantry. I just couldn't move past. That's not how lines of credit work. <laughs> It's a permanent revolver. As soon as he paid it off, he had it back. Right. Fuck you, mediocre Mac. (laughs) Also, what do you think happened to the $3 million that he took to the game? Did he get that deposited back into his account to pay off the four and a half? Yeah, you know that big ad frog marched him over to the table and was like, my guy needs his three million back. Like, that's not how this works. And then little John stood next to big ed and they're like, yeah, that's how this works. That is in fact how this works. Yeah. Which I think, again, would have been a better use of our 90 seconds than the extended slow-mo. Agreed. Ed clears the room and gives this guy a real strong talk to. We're, you know, we've got bad boss, but good moral person Ed here. He's having an intervention. Buddy, you've got a gambling problem and you can't gamble with the Montecito. Yeah, I'm sure that's going to fix his gambling addiction. He'll just not go everywhere else. Right. No problem. You fixed him. What the fuck, Ed? You either need to get this guy into a recovery program or at least keep his business. Yeah. He cannot do what you did. And and as we will recall, his job is to make the Montecito money. So in fact, what he should be doing is getting his ass back on a blackjack table. Yeah. Yeah. We the get- answer to, can you expand my line of credit, would have been, yup. Mm-hmm. Sure. What, what marker would you like right now, sir? Yeah. We got a mention earlier between Ed and Little John. Little John was like, why, you know. Why is the head of the flagship casino chasing down a guy? And Ed gets into this whole, well, I like the kid. He's a good kid. I, I promised his dad I'd look after him. Yeah. Doing a real, doing a real bang up job there, Ed. Well, there's there, the whole idea. There's this weird relationship. Whereas before it didn't like he was just a name on a ledger. That sort of that was a weird throwaway line to try and explain this stuff that they didn't really well and way back at the beginning Danny and Ed were talking and Ed talked about how he liked the kid and all that shit I mean I guess we know from Nessa it means that Ed killed mediocre Mac's dad oh yeah that checks out you know snuffed him out and now I was looking out for him but doing a really shitty job of it I mean <laughs> real bad he's he's not the best at it what are you gonna do so we tie shit up at MC Nola we got little Richie playing a lobby set 
getting his jam on. AJ's given a standing invitation from Danny whenever she's in Vegas to look him up. Big Ed blesses whatever controversial thing that little John did that got him bounced off the force. Just as a big fight breaks out. Ed wants to take off, doesn't want to deal with this. Sam rightly points out. Hey, uh, Sam, we gotta go. The little Richard just started playing. Ed, it's a private jet. It'll wait for you, man. Take in a song or two of Little Richie. Fuck. Sam, Sam really likes her some Little Richard. Um, what, I did want to go back real quick. Sure. When we were in the, the cemetery game, there was a quick conversation between Sam and Danny where Sam calls Danny the fuck out yeah. about the whole AJ thing, which seemed unnecessary. It seemed like it had transcended past... Sam giving Danny shit and was Sam who for a brief moment looked like was going to have a thing with Danny is jealous. Which seems weird because since obviously Sam has had plenty of fun on her own right, it seemed like a weird, like she was personally offended by Danny being into this very attractive woman who was clearly very into him. I, it just, it kind of struck me as weird. Well, and I was reminded a little bit of, a thing that you said a while back that sometimes it feels like there's two teams of writers that are breaking these stories. Mm, Yeah. And it seems like there's a team of writers that has moved on from Danny and Sam as a thing and another team that hasn't. And that team wrote this episode. That could very well be because it definitely felt like Sam was like, Hey, fuck you, man. You know, we just finger banged in a city park. Why are you doing whatever you're doing with this crazy Bayou lady? Don't mind the fact that I just fucked Paris Hilton's fiance. Yeah. This, uh, this writing staff doesn't know about that. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they haven't watched the dailies <laughs> from the shoot. But anyway, uh, Sam really wants to listen to Little Richard. Ed really wants to go the fuck home. So he and Danny just pick her up. Which is so weird. I mean, look, I'm not necessarily a fan of his, but if he was playing a set and I have stated 30 feet away, I'd fucking listen to some tunes. At least listen to the first song. Yeah. The episode's denouement. We're back at the Montecito Las Vegas Sans ad, who has had to go keep Bronson company in New York, was a weird throwaway line that Sam tosses out there to no one in particular. The family is split on douchebag Roy. Mary's trying to patch things up. She put together a barbecue. Oh, it's going to be great. Just go go hang out with them. Sam swoops is like, or you hear me out. You bring all that money to me and the tables and I'll take real good care of you. Yeah, Sam Sam walked up just in time to hear him mention that they won $360 million and was all of a sudden very interested in this uh, new person. For some reason, they're just now awarding the prize to the winner of the wet t-shirt contest, which is fine because Mike is still there. It's been like 16 hours, 18 hours. Like, what the fuck, Mike? Mike is very dedicated to poorly interacting with this wet t-shirt contest. Sam has picked up a pair of voodoo doddle. Let me try that again. Voodoo doddle? I don't even have a joke on voodoo doddle. I don't even know what that is. Is it what happens when you're waiting for your fortune to be told? I think it's when you try to draw a voodoo doll, but voodoo doodle is too much, so it's called a voodoo doddle. Wouldn't it be voodoodle? Uh, that would be a quicker way to get there, yes. <laughs> or just voodle? Nah, voodle doesn't work. I, I, could, I could do it in just one word. What if the side just says, welcome? <laughs> He'll think he just cleared customs. 
that oh oh wait here you go it's the new gig economy app v-u-d-l when you need a voodoo doll <laughs> and you don't have time to get to your voodoo queen you just pop onto voodle and one will be at your door in like 30 minutes is the movie app voodoo gonna be coming after you i mean i wouldn't fuck with voodoo people the the v-o-o <laughs> the movie people are like no y'all are fine please don't do things to us. Yeah, because it turns out these off-the-shelf voodoo dolls have been perfectly calibrated so that when Sam and Nessa stab the dolls, Mike and Danny get shots of pain in their ass. So probably uh, probably smart not to fuck with the voodoo people. You've, you've jumped ahead to one piece of useful advice, so we'll have to come up with another. <laughs> but yes, that is your first educational lesson of the episode, kids. Ed, did you like this episode? I did. I as I feel like we say all the time, if you cut out the plot C of this, it's a great episode. But I yeah. I loved all of the New Orleans shenanigans. Dennis Hopper made himself a meal out of this episode. Loved AJ. She's great. I would love to get more of her. I don't think we do. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun. How about yourself? I did. It was a fun episode, but just not a good one. That's probably the perfect way to describe it. Love the road trip to Nola. I love Dennis Hopper's sunglasses. For some reason, he just kept putting them back on throughout the episode to mask how drunk he was on the job, presumably. He put some sunglasses on. Like I said earlier, I wish we got more stuff that made it unique to Nola, but obviously that would have been really expensive to shoot. Um, but yeah, ditch the... I mean, frankly, for when we leave Vegas with uh, Big Ed, Danny, and Sam, don't come not back. go back till the end. Yeah, Yeah, I, I don't... Scrap the wet t-shirt contest, scrap the family reunion, and just give me more Nola shit. Yeah, completely agree. That would have made for a better episode for sure. And ha- and have Sam really go down this voodoo well, if that's what she's going to do. Like, have it be really, like, make a meal of it, not just the rat, but... I, I think there is a lot of potential fun to be had with Sam and the voodoo lady, for sure. Do we have a new chip leader? Uh... As a reminder, Ed is defending. Sam was on his heels. Uh, well, I think Sam hemorrhaged chips. Sure. I'm a process-oriented guy, and I don't care that she got some intel. She ate a dead rat. Fuck her. <laughs> that was a big hand loss for Sam. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying never. I'm not saying never, but she had to rebuy. Like, she's out for a while. I don't... I, I mean, I loved AJ, but I don't think that she had such a stellar episode that in one fail swoop could catch up. I don't think Ed... Ed wasn't great this episode. He did not pad his lead. I think he was bad. I mean, he put off this audit to the last minute. He told a rich dude with a gambling problem that you can gamble anywhere else. Just don't gamble at my properties. And then he has to go and play wet nurse to Bronson up in New York City. Yeah, I'd say Ed Ed lost some chips. I, you know, Danny, I don't think, you know, he 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 had some fun with AJ, but didn't close. Looked terrible in any fight situation. Yeah, he didn't do anything. I. I feel like this was kind of a, a net loss. Some Somehow the house threw a player on the board and took everyone's chips. I don't know. But I don't think... Did anybody... Mike do enough by shirking his responsibilities for the wet t-shirt contest? The, the I mean, terrible... Mike would say he had a pretty good episode. The terrible dancing alone prevents him from taking over the chip lead. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Are we in an advanced situation? I don't think Ed was that bad that, uh, that we strip him, do you? I mean, pretty bad. The guy was fucking taking a nap on some dude's bed. Yeah. He's, he was sleeping on the couch. He was sleeping on this bed. I mean. Do you think James Conn and Dennis Hopper just went and got super fucked up and it, Ed was just very, Ed, James Conn was very hungover. So that wrote itself in. Or like in. he had a migraine 
and they're like, we have to keep filming. I don't know what we're going to rewrite the entire episode. Like, I don't know. Um, I think it was a bad ed app. It was, it, it definitely was a bad ed app. Man, it, it feels. We got to hold the chip lead in abeyance. It, it, man, it hurts to do, but I can, I can go with it. It's a wide open table. Anyone's got a shot next week. All right. I, I'm All with right. You. So let it be written. So let it be done. Then I hereby declare this treaty in abeyance. Ed, what are we on tap for next week? Next week, you can't take it with you. We had to do some cobbling off of IMDb. The, okay. The, as you scroll down the episode list, it gave you too little information. So then clicking in gives you kind of the full plot description. That's way too right. much. So we did a little Frankensteining here. Okay, I love it. An obnoxious guest wins $1 million with his last money, then dies under mysterious circumstances. Danny and Ed try to find out what happened, while the arrival of Ed's mother, Bet, also takes away valuable time. Meanwhile, Sam and Nessa have their hands full with a couple who want to pay for everything with coupons. God, this sounds bad. Yeah, I. the main reason I cobbled the two plot summaries together is because I wanted to make sure that we got the coupon mention because that's what <laughs> reminded me of the episode and oh I don't think we're gonna like these people if I recall correctly Jesus Christ I mean far be it for me to tell anyone how to have fun if nickel and diving your way through Vegas is your idea of a good time fuck it God bless it but fuck that sounds miserable especially miserable to have to watch people do it uh, yeah can you th- just imagine how angry we would be if we were on one of our trips to Las Vegas and somehow encountered one of these people in our sphere. Like, just happened to be next to them at a bar or a restaurant or something. And they're for sure from going to be from, like, fucking Wisconsin, right? 1,000%. Okay. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Next week might not be a, a banger. Maybe uh, I might have a cocktail not only with the episode, but or not only with the recording of the podcast, but with the watching of the episode as well. Might not be a terrible plan. Well, Ed, do you have any advice for our loyal listeners who have stuck around with us this long just to have you drop some nugget of advice upon them? Kids, if you're really hankering for a backroom game in a city full of places that will let you gamble whenever and however you want, at least maybe try to find one that's run by somebody that didn't just get out of jail with a rap sheet like five pages long. Yeah, and I think, you know, we're on record here is saying an unlicensed game can be a good time because you and I both want to go to this New Orleans backwood bonfire casino. I I would like to go to either of the illegal New Orleans games. But just make better decisions about it. It's it's not that hard, kids. And also New Orleans has a relative paucity of gaming halls and establishments vis-a-vis Vegas. I mean, you've got Harrah's. I think the next closest casino, like major one, is across the river. Yeah. Like it's not close so i get it in in nola you might need to get your alternative swerve on but in vegas like come on i mean they they let you gamble in the fucking airport you're not hurting for opportunity i mean i guess the only thing is the big money game where you don't want to rake and that's just poker right all right sir well that's gonna do it for us today i think i've had a lot of fun i hope you all have as well dear listeners thank you all for tuning in let us know what you think how things are going uh at Montecito Pod, five-star reviews only. If you leave anything less than five-star review, just fuck you. We've got like two dozen listeners. Don't be an ass. <laughs> it's always it's always a good way to end an episode by calling out your audience and cursing at them, I found. Only, only the shit heels are trying to provide constructive feedback through non-five-star reviews. 
Everyone else is chill. But I've been Judd, he's been Ed, and this has been Pod at the Montecito. Deuces.